Well, I remember you used to sit down and tune into your favorite TV show, whether it was Alf or Simpsons, Family Ties, or Morecambe and Wise, or Only Fools and Horses, or whatever happened to the likely lads. And then the dreaded, the dreaded highlights reel would show up. And it just ruined your night because you didn't want to watch a highlights reel because you've seen all the episodes before. Well, dear listeners, unfortunately, this is one of those times because now we have the tracks. Highlight Reel. Taking you back to the fun and frolics that Owen and Noel have had in the last couple of months from talking about Harrison Ford and the impending James Bond release. Uh, And that's pretty much it. But it's great fun. It's great laughs. Owen and Noel talking and talking and talking. We'll have some music too. But just remember, it's a highlight show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Tracks, 
here on Dublin South FM 93.9. Got a load of music tonight, by the way. Great. Yeah. Um, some really cool Irish bands. The uh, Hajo Dolan, um, Clara Rose, Keeley, Devin Reardon, a band mm. from the UK called the Scaramanga Six. Ah. I knew you'd like that. And, uh, why, why do yeah. What? No, go on, finish. Sorry, I'm interested. Uh, then the crayon set, and then I'll play a few more songs in, in, in a minute. Um, Elise Brothers, Lucy Dacus, Alex Cameron, but I'll tell you why I'm playing them. Oh, uh, yeah. Go on, what were you going to say? Just the Scaramanga Six. You know who Scaramanga is? No. He's a James Bond villain. He's the, man with, he's the man with the golden gun. Now, I'm not saying that that particular band um, used that name in relation to James Bond, but just when you said it there, um, uh-huh. just thought I'd, I'd just enlighten you. That's okay. all I know, a big James Bond movie fan you are. Um, um, yes, well, no, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I just Googled it here. It's, is, it, is it your man? Christopher Lee. Or Dooku. Is that what you were going to say? Is your man Dooku? I was going to say, um, the guy, the other films, uh, Lord of the Rings. What was he in that? He was, I don't know, Seraphin or no, I don't know. Oh, for George. George, wasn't it? Yeah. Dracula. Yeah. Chris Lee, yeah. Hmm. Um, well, Scaramanga, I suppose he should written. He's in, uh, he's in 1941. You're not as Chris Lee. Christopher Lee in Steven Spielberg's 1941, which you've never seen. I find that a curious. Never seen it. That's a very, I don't know. That's an interesting kind of void in your Spielberg uh, life. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell you what, why don't I play Scaramanga 6? Seeing as we're yes. on that, going down that road. And um going to start off with the Scaramanga 6. They are a band from West Yorkshire and this is their new single called An Error Occurred. We'll follow it up with Paggio Dolan and his new song Hazel Eyes right here on Tracks. Cool.
That is Pajo Dolan with his new single, Hazel Eyes. It's great to hear some rock and roll on the radio. You can find Pajo in all the usual places, Spotify. Um, I have his Twitter account here, twitter.com, Pajo Dolan, P-A-D-J-O Dolan. Before that, we had the Scaramanga 6, An Error Occurred, alternative indie rock band from the UK. Go to thescaramanga6.co.uk. You're listening to Tracks. But just remember... It's a highlight show. So, Scaramanga 6, who are a band we just played, um, we don't want to put words in their mouth, but they have the same name as a villain from the James Bond film. Yes. The man the with the golden gun. Golden gun. Very good James Bond movie. Very subtle in comparison to the other films. Roger Moore's second Bond movie. <laughs> the Roger Moore one, is it? 
and uh, and uh, Alice Cooper originally did the the title song for it, but he was replaced by Lulu. Oh, so, that's a bit of a bit of a go, going from left to right, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good song actually. His his version is quite good. Yeah, it's different, right. different. But anyway, Scaramanga Six, cool name. I like it. Um, there was a picture of Christopher Lee here. Sure. In, in um, as Francisco Scaramanga. Oh, you know it's his first name. Good man. And he's well. It's, it's not funny. Um, he's sitting pointing a golden gun. I, I presume it's James Bond. But behind them, there's vegetation and just just green leaves and yes. So, would that that suggest he's on an island? Absolutely, a lovely little island he's on. And private little getaway. Am I? Is this going to be the first time that I actually get to say is that the one with the crocodiles and be correct? No. Okay. Oh, it's the one after <laughs> the one with the crocodiles. But uh, yeah, it's written by the same same writer, Tom Mankiewicz. He wrote Superman. Yes, and yeah, and other films. Richard well, Donner's good. Yeah, we did our tribute to Dickie Donner, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we did. Nice. Um, so. We're in the Bond neighborhood. Do you want to have you any thoughts? Have you anything to get off your chest? Well, it's interesting you say about chest because Scaramanga had three nipples. That was his thing. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah. Well, I, I was just looking at <laughs> a minute ago and I looked at some, one of the things about Francisco Scaramanga and I read it and I went, no, nah, I won't bring that up. But there's a little thing at the end of the page and it says, in genetics, a gene linked to the cause of super numerary nipples in animals is named Scaramanga gene. No way. Yeah. So what, is that like in a colloquial way or actually did they name it after the movie or? Oh, good question. Um, I presume they must have named it after. That's a strange one. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's a strange one. But um does he get them I, does he does he take a shirt off and film? Like is he uh, he does briefly and then then Roger Moore, aka James Bond, he impersonates him at one point. And and he also and in order to impersonate him, he puts on a, a third uh, false nipple. Nice. So uh, yeah, fully, fully uh, sell it that he's actually. It's funny because it, because there's a chap in it, a businessman who's never seen Scaramanga, supposedly. And Roger turns up to his front door and says, Oh, Scaramanga, and blah, blah blah. And your man goes away from it. And when he comes back, Roger just casually takes his shirt off just to, just to show the third nipple. So, just in case there's any doubt. Yeah, but the way he looks down, Roger has that thing where he, he, he looks kind of bemused at the chap looking at him and he just looks down and as if he's never seen that third nipple before. Very good Roger Moore reaction shot. Anyway. Anyway. Good good deflection work there, Noel. 
I'm impressed. I thought it was quite good. I thought good it was quite reflection. good. Um, so you still haven't seen No Time to Die, take it? I have. <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> God, you sound like a fond villain there. You <laughs> <do>. <laughs> Laughing away. I did indeed. Right. I think our uh, don't think we're going to be playing music at all tonight. I think it's just going to be Noel talking about Bond. No, no, no. You obviously no. haven't seen it. No, no. But I, 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 I don't care. And we can throw it, but we, it's spoiler zone if you want. We'll, we'll no, well, I say, I say, I. It'd be nice if we got the opportunity. If you saw, I know you're not going to see it. I didn't even get Connor involved. I'm going to go to chat about it. Yeah, but uh, I'd I'd like give, you, give us um, give us initial reactions there. Go on, give us your thoughts. Any for your thoughts? Well, the cinema I was in, I was sitting there in the back of my dad. First time in the cinema since all of this madness. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit peculiar. Didn't was was I doing the right thing? So on and so forth. And um, booked the tickets the night before and. Uh, Anyway, we went in, we're sitting in back at the cinema's nice, nice seats. And there's little kind of spotlights in the ceiling that are kind of illuminated rather mm. than on. And as the film started, they started flickering. Mm. They kind of pulsating at different points. There was like about 12 of these lights. There's like a little disco going on. So this is in the pre-title sequence. You know, I've been waiting like, you know, six years for this film and the gun barrel comes on. And there's an opening scene set in a kind of on a lake, an ice lake. And this started, and I just got up straight away and went out, grabbed your man. Your man came in and he did, he, he was a young fella, nice chap, but he did, he gave that kind of, you know, these kind of lines that you hear in, in Marvel movies. And he kind of said, Oh, that is not good. And uh, he didn't, yeah, nothing happened though. He didn't, didn't. So it was like that for two hours and 45 minutes. Mm. And then the, the sound level, was really you could hardly well I won't say you could hardly hear the dialogue but uh, there's a scene in it where Bond and Felix Leiter are chatting in a nightclub now I know traditionally in nightclubs you can never hear yourself talk but in this scene you couldn't at all so just just getting the, the negative stuff out of the way first of all hang on um, so um, could you not have moved seat that wasn't an option well not in the current no that's true you know, um, you know. and... I was full so yeah and was it the film's fault or the no the... no i think it was the no listen i'm not look i'm not you know i think it was the just the the, the sound in the cinema itself i don't think it was entirely the film's fault i mean it wouldn't be that badly mixed you know what i mean but uh, and there was other scenes as well where the dialogue was quite low so it was just, but I sent him an email anyway. So, oh. Uh, oh, absolutely. Very nice email. And I said, delighted to be back in the cinema and look forward to visiting like again, you know. But, you know, they, if you don't tell them, they won't know. So, um, old uh, Christopher Nolan approach. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't be very happy. So, anyway, uh, pre title sequence is about 20 minutes long. And uh, it's a bit of a doozy. It's a really good really good the opening 20 minutes and um kind of a bit sad actually yeah sort mm. of was thinking about it today it's a bit sad yeah and 
and it's it's kind of I, I'd have to see it again. I didn't have a strong negative reaction to it, but and not even usually. Sometimes with films, I have a strong ambivalent reaction. The opening sequence kind of like, or the full film? No, the whole film. It's okay. Where I'm kind of like, ah, was that right? I I don't even have that towards it. It was just it kind of didn't. You know the way in a in a film, they're kind of it spikes at certain points and it goes down and you're up and you're down. And I don't even mean in terms of quality, but in terms of just pacing. And I suppose traditionally in an action movie, that's what you have. You you reach your climax every 20 minutes with an action scene, then it quietens down and you're up and down. This kind of stayed very much on the one level. There was no kind of fluctuating, you know, up and down, up and down. It just, sort of state and it wasn't boring or anything like that um but i just yeah it was there's a lot of i i one of the things i I was thinking about afterwards there's a lot of real small little sets in it real you know some of the sets are really small and i had a strangely kind of claustrophobic feel for a good section of it and and uh, like he's very, he, his performance in it is quite different. It's a lot more verbose. He's, you know, he's a bit more, uh, he's not as super ice cool in it as he would have been in the other pictures, which I kind of like, I have to yeah. say. This one, he's, he's like, he's kind of, uh, there's, there's somewhat interrogating a chap. And usually in another, in another Bond movie, he'd be standing to one side and somebody else would be, getting all head up with the chap and saying, you got to tell us this, whereas he's the one doing that. And it doesn't quite suit him. It's just, it takes away that little bit of kind of James Bond mystique. You know what I mean? So, um, like, does that make sense from, if you watched all his films, like, is it kind of, a well, I, I suppose like, to be fair, it's set five years after the last one, which makes sense. Cause it was five or six years ago. Um, you know, like it's, and even towards the end of it, the end of it's kind of very muted as well. I I thought there would be another piece after the end of it. Obviously, I'm not going to be too uh, specific here, but um, but it, you know, there's good acting in it. You know, she's very good in it, uh, Leia Sado. I mean, she gets an awful hard time from the fans about her character. She plays Madeline, who was in Spectre as well. So she she's in the pre-title and she pops up again in this film. And she's very, very good. Like, she's a good sort of dramatic. Now, it, you know, we're seeing her in, in, a, in situations where she's not supposed to be having a laugh. She's, you know, trying to survive or whatever. Mm. But there's a scene in it where himself and uh, Christoph Waltz as Blofeld and it, it's a it's a really bad scene. It's badly written. It's badly kind of judged. It's it's played. It, it's very hysterical in places. And again, even Daniel Craig is a bit over the top in it. And um, you know, it like you know, just that's the only real kind of phony scene in the picture. Um, but the opening, the pre-title is very good now. And it's it's just set right after the last movie, and there's there's another little bit bit of a flashback just before that, um, 
and there, there is stuff in it that's very kind of pandemic. I mean, and they, they did this two, three years ago, this picture, but there is stuff in it about, you know, kind of the villain wanting to kind of uh, poison people and things like that. So it, it does come close to the bone a couple of times. But um, yeah, like as I'm talking to you about it, I'm sort of trying to shuffle the scenes in my head. And, you know, with the other Bond movies that he did, I mean, whether you like them or not, there's moments that just stand out and uh, there's this bit and there's a certain clarity to the structure and the story and so on. This is a bit, everything just kind of blends in together and um, it just doesn't really kind of hit any great peaks, you know, kind of just stays on the one level, as I've, I've said. So. And is it more of a, I mean, is are the action scene is there less action scenes or is it just that they're more muted or is he, is he more of a spy doing the kind of investigating stuff or? no there's kind of there's probably about kind of i mean apart from the pre-title sequence there's, there's really only kind of about two kind of action scenes in the film sort of proper sort of set pieces so to speak hmm. and there's a couple of you have these little moments of danger but and then there's kind of a, obviously with a traditionally with a bomb movie there's always the last half hour 40 minutes where there's a lot going on and even that was he, I don't like him when he's running around with machine gun and it does become that at the end and it's a little bit like a, sometimes it's like playing a video game and he's trying to get through all these fellas and he's kind of trying to avoid getting shot himself and he's shooting them and I don't really like that because that's that's generic. You see that in any film. Mm. And I mean, for me, what I love, and I always feel a bit like I'm being a bit of a, a knucklehead by saying this, but I mean, I grew up watching the Bond movies partially because of the, the, the set pieces, the action scenes and stuff like that. And everything else absolutely was, was great as well. But those moments of excitement... And they were always very imaginative and, you know, your favourite John Glenn was always great at, you know, coming up with good stunt sequences. And they were a great sort of um, platforms for the stunt profession, you know, and, and you know, even some of the car stunts in, in some of the Roger Moore movies were done by, there's a famous French uh, stunt driver and uh Rene, I can't remember the chap's surname. Now he died, I think, this year. I think he might have died of COVID even this year. But he was a real, you know, that was his job, you know, pulling, driving around and just in this absolutely fantastic um driver, you know, in, in, in action movies. And you see all that kind of on display and and uh, you know just you know, the Daniel Craig era has disappointed me a little bit like that. That I mean, I think I say that now, but I think obviously with your favourite Martin Campbell and Casino Royale, there's some really good set pieces in that. And and Quantum, for all its faults, again, it tries to do that. Skyfall is a little bit muted and Spectre tries to go back to that. But with mixed results, but this film doesn't really go out of its way too much to have those moments. You know, so are they too influenced by the just the other films that have been made right now? So I feel they have to be. 
Do you mean like the other Bond movies or are you talking about other competition or? Other competition, Eddie, because Bond, <clears throat> Bond was always Bond. Hmm. I didn't get that now. I, I, I didn't quite. No, I did. That didn't really. There was nothing in it that I thought this reminds me of this movie or that. Um. Yeah, I, you know, and it, it's interesting. It was uh, one of the things that it's very good, actually, the opening scene. You know, they're basically in the Aston Martin and they're trying to escape these fellas and they're in this little Italian town, lovely little Italian town called Matera. And he's, he's just booting around and these fellas are following him and he's just, you know, firing machine guns. And there's a bit where they get caught in a square in the town square and they're just surrounded. And they're just just firing guns at, at the, the car that they're in. And it's all uh, bulletproof windscreens. Yeah. And there's one guy in particular, and he's trying to kill Madeline, played by Leia Sadu. And Bond is just saying nothing to her because he's just really, he feels like he's betrayed her and he's really angry. And he's just letting this go on and she's getting him more and more hysterical. It's a very good scene. And you see a close-up of the glass. Your man starts firing like, not they're not rockets, but they're just like shotgun blasts. And it's just about to, to break. And uh, I won't say what happens then, but... But there, I don't know how we got onto that. But it, but I'm talking about kind of contrast between in that sequence, he's just doesn't say anything and he's just pissed off, and she's really adamant about, come on, let, let's do something here, let let's get out of this, and he's just like almost willing to let it happen, and that's a really good moment. And but there's other stuff I can't really talk about, where it's interesting how kind of contrast and just juxtapositions would have been helpful now i know that's very vague but um if you ever see it and if you ever talk about it again i'll, I'll say it but um right. well is it, but is yeah, it can you only get better the more you watch it or is this the like is it a grower no i i don't think it like it's it's a film that's it's really well executed everybody has this isn't a film that's just been necessarily cobbled together and let's just make a quick book there are, there are good intentions here, you know, and everybody plays it very well. There is a kind of a certain, when I say realness to it, I don't necessarily mean it's real life, but they're not just spouting lines of dialogue. You know, there is, it, it, it does have that sort of genuine air a bit, where some of the other Bond movies, even Spectre, some of the dialogue, it is just that. It's like they're just spouting dialogue. You know, where there's this is there is a certain more realness to it, so to speak. Um, and he's very good now. And I must say, it was, you know, might have been an else tear in the eye at the end of it. Um, you know, because it's sort of, you know, 15 years of my life that's kind of I've invested in this. And and I mean, he's the first Bond who I ever kind of saw from start to finish, if you know what I mean. Whereas, I mean, Timothy Dalton, obviously, he was, he was just only starting and then he was just cut off. So um, so it's it's an interesting experience in that way. And like, What about Pierce Brosnan? But you see, I hated him. So, and I've said that many times. So, and even then, um, even then, he didn't know he was ending. He was finishing, whether it's, you know... Daniel and the film does reflect that a bit you know that it's 
it's coming to the end of his time in his era. So there's there's a bit of a meta thing going on there. So goodbye, James. Yeah. Is there any of that? Okay, James. Yeah. Might might see you again. Might not. That kind yeah, of stuff. Fine. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's the very last line of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Really cool. there. But um, um and how's Ray? I'd Fanning? like you to see it though. I'd be disappointed if you don't see it. I know I will. I will go see it. I mean, I you will. go and see all this other rubbish. Why would you not? I know, yeah. Um, I'm intrigued by it just because it's. I, I like a, I like a hard look story. I'm not. I'm not talking about the film, like the actual story about Bond. I'm talking about the production and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're up against it, and they have to work a bit harder. And, mm. you know, will, will they do it? Will they? Will they won't? Kind of like mm. that. So I mean, I'm interested to see it from that point of view. I'd be interested for you for you to see it and hear yeah. a perspective on it. I'd like you to see it. I'd probably love it now. Yeah, and I would be fascinated by that. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone say the line in the film? That's What's no line? time to die, James, or something like that. Does anyone? Because you've said that now, I don't know. Mm. I don't think so. Maybe there's a I haven't got the time or something like that, but but that's it. But I but uh I, what's the, the lady's name? She's in Knives Out with Daniel Craig. I can't remember uh, her name. Uh, she's very good in it. She's only in it for about 10 minutes, but she's very funny in it. Paloma is the name of the character. And she's she's very, very good in it. Who? But, uh, sorry? Is she a young lady or an old lady? Yeah, she's she's a young lady, yeah. Mm. But uh, she she was very good. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's kind of interesting, interesting film. Oh, well, Anna the, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's very good in it. But mm. um, I will go and see it again. All right, give them a few a few bob. Good. Not want them going rich or poor, I should say. Yeah, she looks very like Alicia Viscander. She's the lady from um, she's in Blade Runner 2049. That's right. Yeah, that's she her. Looks like another actress, really like another actress. All right. Um, she's funny in it, is she? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's only in it, like I said, quite short, but. She's very good. It's a good, good scene. They've got chemistry there between them. You know, you can see that. So he's good chemistry, actually, Daniel Craig, with, with the other actors. He's very good at, you know, finding a dynamic there with them. Um, I suppose that's what you want in a leading man, really. True, so, yeah. Um, so that's the end of uh, Daniel Craig? Yeah. It's the end of his oh, um... era. We'll come back. I'm sure we'll come back and talk about it. Oh, we will. Thanks for taking the time. Um, so do you want to put throw your your wallet on the table and have a gamble about who's next? Going to be buying the next one? I knew you were going to ask that. Uh, I've said it before, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I'm not saying, I, I'm not necessarily saying I want him to be, hmm. but just he's only like 30, he's only 31, I think. So he's a young fella, and uh, you know, yeah, he's yeah. I I'd say he'd be in the the reckoning anyway, mm. based on that alone. He's a good actor, so 
you know. So that's that's my that's, thing. That's Noel's two cents. Cor- uh, is, is two cents presently about no time to die. Hmm. We will come back. Noel Simpson will return. Ah, uh, thank you. That was nice. I like that.
never get bored of that. Nirvana in bloom, 30 years ago. God help us all. Uh, before that, we had Amy Ellen with her new single, Only You Will Know. Uh, go to Amy Ellen Music on all the websites, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or wherever you go to hang out. Really cool. Really like the EP. It's definitely worth checking out. I've been playing it a lot on Spotify, so check it out. This is Tracks on 93.9 Dublin South FM. If you want to email the show, tracks 939 at gmail.com or go to Facebook, Tracks Show, or Twitter, Tracks 939. Look us up. But just remember, it's a highlight show. Have you um, have you been watching the developments of um, Indiana Jones uh, sank? Indiana, Indiana Jones on what pandemic? Yeah. With all the pictures he's taken and the selfies and the group shots and losing his credit card and and all the, what what's going on with him? He goes away to Sicily and he just seems to lose the run of himself. Just absolutely. I mean, what's the story? They're all in the production office. Oh no, what's he done today? He lost his credit card. Yeah. Yeah. On the beach, was it? Or I don't know. And then it was found by a couple of Oh, no, the, the young fella found it and handed it into the guards, and they get their picture taken with them. And then I thought, well, what about the young fella? Yeah, he's and the real he, hero. And then he did get his picture taken, thankfully, because that would have been bad. Now, I'm sure he cancelled it just as quick anyway. He's holding up the credit card, and the next show, he's got a pair of scissors in his hand. It's just if I found up. Harrison Ford's credit card. I keep. I wouldn't use now. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't go spending around. I'll just keep it because it's already been cancelled, and there's probably only about five euro credit on it anyway. Without he goes around paying for stuff. Yeah, but I I would be wondering, and I I I know this is. I wouldn't usually be so debased like this, but do you actually think on that credit card uh, you, you have access to like two hundred million dollars? Do you oh, know what I mean? That's what I mean. I'd say there's about. There's a the 30 euro limit max. Ah, uh, no. Ah, 30, 30 million euro limit. I he must go in. Yeah. I doubt his check for Force Awakens went straight into that account, it's just sitting there. Yeah, it's just growing mm. Ex- exponentially. Um, yeah, but he looks good. He's looking good with uh, Antonio Banderas, and he's looking good in the costume. and yeah, it's um, great. Bit of action there the other day, weren't they? Some chase scenes through Sicily and and he's hanging off the back of a little sort of three three wheeler thing. And, was it actually uh, him? I'm not sure. I think it was a close up, and it was, yeah. But it's all you know. You you got me signed up to this Indiana Jones thing on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> And it's all these lads, I mean, God loved them, and they're all dressed up as indie. And they look kind of, I don't know, they look a bit shell-shocked in every picture, as if something, they woke up and somebody addressed them in this, as if they didn't dress them themselves. This is just fans just dressing up as Indiana Jones and taking a picture of themselves and posting it's it Very online. serious as well. Like, there's no kind of smirk or we're having a laugh or thumbs up and a big smile. It's, they, they actually, I don't know. Actually, they, think they're Indiana Jones. Strange, yeah, and they're kind of standing 
they're trying to stand on a couple of rocks and just behind you see a bus stop or they're great for with the hat on and all and then they give it away wearing a pair of sneakers or something like that it's, yeah very um very well, i love the um i love how you always you always what i what i do i i know I, I underestimate people's obsessions Hmm. I always thought, well, Harrison Ford group or the Indiana Jones group, it's just going to be people that chat about the movies, you know? No big deal. But it's not. You have people, someone, there was a picture of Harrison on the set with the shirt on, with the Indiana Jones shirt and jacket on. And someone posted a message and it was kind of a, like he'd spliced together four or five different pictures of Indiana Jones over the years. Hmm. And he said, I don't think they're, they're, they've got the right shirt on. If you look at the shirt from Raiders, it's got a the seam actually curves right. down towards the torso. Whereas, <laughs> and I did like the shirt from this film because the seam was, and the buttons are, oh, this yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> I was just like, oh, God. And what did you say? I just, yeah. uh, I backed yeah. away, just left settings read anymore yeah. but that's the level of um i didn't think that, that level of obsession existed within indiana jones but indiana jones yeah those it's only, it's only four movies I know. <laughs> what can you get out of it you know it's yeah. Yeah. indiana jones yeah but um there was a picture of someone posted a picture i think it was on the instagram and it it looked like in like Harrison Ford. Everything and pose was right. He was kind of sitting in a tractor. But then mm. the face looks like it looked like a Halloween mask of Harrison Ford, but like really bad Halloween mask. And then the, the caption was it's a stunt man with a Harrison Ford oh, mask yeah. on. I, like, I really hope that they're not gonna show that mask. It looks like it like he's been like melting or kind of, it was weird looking but oh. yeah they seem to be doing that a lot putting masks on stuff yeah <laughs> Brad. I suppose it is rather than digity CGI and all that carry oh, on yeah, so I know, yeah. these are somewhat yeah. practical I mean if you're going to put a wig on why not put a mask on as well yeah why not go the full and there was one fella on as well and he was trying to get on the movie Trying to work on it. Did you see that post? I oh, was begging for a job. Yeah. Can anybody help me? Just get onto the movie, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't I mean, think I'll post this week's show on, on, on. No, I saw your I saw your reply to something. And I said, Well, I chip in and says, nah, nah, not right. Nah.
But just remember, it's a highlight show. There's some films I like sitting up the front, like when they, when the original Star Wars movies came back, back in the 90s, I remember sitting right, I remember sitting in the back, it was for Star Wars, the first one. I just, and I really was itching to to get up the front and I kind of was just too embarrassed to get up. And I was kind of, I had this internal dialogue on, I'll go, get up now, get up. And it was just at the part, it was just before, it was just around the bit, I think, where she, Princess Leia has been given the the mind probe. Mm. And I just said, right, go on, get up. And I got up and I just stormed right up. There's a tiny little cinema. And I sat right down the very front row. And then I went to the scene where Ada was telling Tarkin about um, mind control. You know, she lied. Yeah. And Peter, uh, Peter Cushing just says, terminate her immediately. And then it cuts to hyperspace. And there's me up the front. Whoa, man. Back of the Falcon just flying through hyperspace. That was excellent. It was great. Brilliant. Mm. The space battle at the end and all, ah, oh, fantastic! Yeah, just that tie fighter, just the X-wing chase and the tie fighter, brilliant. Anyway, I'm sorry. Back, back to yourself. No, you're right. Uh, you need to be down the front. There is a occasionally when I'm halfway up or near the back, I do like to see. You kind of get a, a good sense of how big the screen is if you're in a big auditorium, like Savoy One, for example. Um, and someone's, I mean, that wouldn't be in Savoy 1. I think in Cineworld, maybe somewhere else, because people get up and go to the toilet and they have to walk across the front of the screen. But you get a good sense of how big the screen is. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I wouldn't exactly be wishing for people to get up and their little heads plug the screen. Uh, but I don't mind. But um, no, definitely. Uh, and are you uh, an aisle man or a, a middleman? I tend to like the aisle. Um, it's been such a while I've forgotten. Sometimes I would sit up the back right in the very corner. I used to love that. Tucked in. Great. I remember taking my shoes off once. I just really relaxed. That was great. Yes. That's... Really does, uh, yeah, I do. I like it. It's great. Yeah. And Sometimes you ever look up at the projectionist. See if you can look in, you can see in. Can you spot who's ever in there if there is anyone? The phantom yeah, projections, not anybody anymore, is it? I think so. I think they'd have a stock chap there with with a kind of a fake cigarette, mm. you know. That's, that's I'm sure they used to do just stand there and just smoke through every uh, every, Place, yeah. every film that was on. Did but, you ever uh, see that film? Um... It's about it's a, it's a French no it's an Italian film I think about the the little boy who becomes the film projectionist Cinema Paradiso yeah no I've never seen it is it good uh it's okay the first half is good it's kind of magical then it gets a bit boring yeah. You know what I mean? Think of the music to that. Who did the music to it? Uh, Ennio Morricone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I do because re- I do remember I worked in a cinema many years ago, and you'd see the lads coming in every so often. You're kind of always trudging in that kind of stormtrooper. 
they're not going to walk. They'll be carrying the, yeah. they'll be carrying the reels of, of, of film. No way. Yeah. We're always really serious. Can we go into the projection room? You must have been in there. Uh, yeah, I was up there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of silly though. I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. Just thought, no, oh, this is this is the way things will be forever. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. But it was that's great. There was, there was, there was, there was loads of the big machines all in, in the room together, and all pointing out mm. different little into different. Is uh, that how it's done? Is it? Oh, that's what it's it not like. There. So it's kind of built around. So the, the, the rejection is the center of the universe, basically. Kind of, yeah. A little bit like that, yeah. That's fascinating. Mm. That's an insight. That's the way I remember it. Mm. Or is that the way you want to remember it? Would be. It's not good, isn't it? The way they did there. It's mm. good. Um, I don't know which... Doing, I got. I was looking at the reels. I was looking, not the reels. I was looking at the little. I think it was. It was um, Phantom Menace. No way. I was up looking at the little frames. That's what it was, frame by frame. Where are you of the film yeah. itself? The celluloid. I had yeah. I had the actual film in my hand. Had it. Yeah. Wow, were you tempted to do something with it and destroy no. it? No, no, uh, no. I was a, I was a fan. I, I felt like I had proper gold in my hand. Wow. Hmm. Oh, and do you miss it? Would you like to go back? Would you like to be a projectionist again? I'm not a projectionist, but a. <laughs> The popcorn vendor, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the um, it'd be nice to be not worried about money. You could just work in a cinema and just go take in a show whenever you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd be. Yeah, you know, you could imagine you'd be the first one in the cinema, and people would be walking in. You'd have your feet up on the, mm-hmm. the chairs. You'd be just kind of just kind of swinging your torch around. Yeah, up there, up yeah, there, wherever you want. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I can imagine that. See if it's your own private cinema. Time for some music here on tracks. We're going to start off with Clara Rose. She's an old friend of the show. We had her in studio a few years ago when we were in studios. And she came in and performed a few songs. And it was really great to chat with her. It was Noel, actually, who did all the interviewing. But she has a new live album out now. Uh, it was recorded at two shows, one in Arthur's Blues and Jazz Club right here in Dublin and the other in the Garage Theatre in Monaghan in the spring of 2020. Uh, it's really cool. Here's a song from that album called Throw the Dice. This is Clara Rose and we'll follow it up with Keely and her new single, The Glitter and the Glue, right here on Tracks.
That was Lucy Takis with a song from her new album. The song is called First Time. The album is called Home Video. came out during the summer. Before that, we had Keely with her new single, The Glitter and the Glue. That's from her Brave Warrior EP. You can go to 
keelysound.bandcamp.com. It's K-E-E-L-E-Y sound.bandcamp.com. And starting it all off was Clara Rose with her new single, Throw the Dice, from her live album, Live Live Love. You can find out more at clararosemusic.com. I'm sure he has one. Oh, both nice. <laughs> I was saying, I was saying this to a chap the other day, actually. Well, actually, it was a while ago. You know, at the end of Rogue One, yeah. You know, when your man's trying to get the cable to patch into whatever, I don't. You know the way they have the terror where they're trying to transmit the signal, and then your man's trying to get the cable. You know what that's like? What? It's exactly like the end of Back to the Future. And your man is like, and even looks like Doc Brown. He, he's a tall, thin chap. It's the same concept. And he's got to hook this thing up. And I think at one point he's running to the back of the ship and the lead is too short and it pulls him back. Watch yeah. it. You never noticed that, no? I, I didn't, but I probably just switched my brain off by the time. Yeah, the next time you're watching it. Yeah, exactly like Back to the Future. I find that a curious observation. To say that. that would have been cool if they actually just had some, one person with the plans in his, in his DeLorean. We got to get yeah. you into hyperspace, boy. We got to get you home. And then yeah, no. just one, and he had a friend, he found some crazy guy who was going to help him get to hyperspace, get him the hell out of. Tatooine, or wherever the hell he was. Well, it would be Tatooine. And then he accidentally falls in love. Or, no, one of the person from the Emperor Empire falls in love with him and thinks that he wants to join the Empire. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's a real mashup, is it? No, I was just saying, if you're going to rip a film off, just Go full hog, just rip it off. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's a good. I think it's a good observation. And he ends up. He doesn't deck Biff, but he shoots Biff's ship. Yeah, and then, you know he, I mean? then he. I know what you mean exactly. Time for some music here on tracks. This is the crayon set. We're big fans of these guys and girl here on the show. This is a new song called Summer Song. Really cool. This is the crayon set. And we'll follow it up with Olivia Burke and her new single, You're Alive, right here on Tracks. See 
Awfully native Olivia Burke with her new single, You're Alive. You can find out more on Facebook.com, Olivia Burke Music. Before that, we had The Crayon Set with Summer Song. Go to thecrayonset.com. Now, this is a new single by Grace Day. It's called Bordeaux. And we'll follow it up with Fintan McKay and his new single, Lost Balloons, right here on Tracks. story starts better than this bright blonde hair a serious glare and a confidence unapologetic no such thing as personal space cheeky hand on my waist you're lucky you didn't end up with a mark on your pretty face when i think of ma i don't remember a day i spent without you oh 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 it came too quickly that you i still remember Try not 
Tracks. That's really cool. Really like that. That's Fintan Mikahi with his new single, Lost Balloons. Go to fintanmikahi.com if you want to check out more. That's Fintan, M C K A H E Y.com. Before that, we had Grace Day with Bordeaux. That's her new single. Go to facebook.com forward slash Grace Day 11. You're listening to Tracks. Right, Campbell Blackford. A swan song James Bond film. Oh, he wants to do the next one. Does he? He said, Well, if there's a new Bond, he'll do the next one. If if they offer it to him, obviously. But yeah, I told you when I met him, didn't I? Oh, I'm sure I mentioned it. Yeah, no, he never mentioned the, it. Uh, went to the uh, the Golden Eye premiere back in 1995. Holy jamoli, 
you've kept this a secret now. Right, I, I, I did mention at the time, but I think I think it just well, it 19 went to the gold thing or gold, sorry, Golden Eye premiere, which is Pierce Brosnan's first one. Went to see it in the Savoy and uh, had to wear a tuxedo and all that. Oh no, it wait, is that where I saw him? That's where I saw him. Yeah, I had to wear a tuxedo. And I was and in the lobby afterwards, I was there's a photo of me, and I think it's like the back of my head, and just about, about 15 feet in front of me is is Brosnan. Just there. So I couldn't I couldn't get near for an autograph, but it was yeah, whatever. And I found out how those films would turn out. Um but anyway, but I met you see, this is the bit I can't really, yeah, you know, there's no way of sugarcoating this. I met him in the jacks in the toilet. Martin in, Campbell. Yeah, in the Savoy number one. Now I didn't talk to him, but it just happened to be standing beside each other. Sort of. Anyway, so anyway, I, I waited until, you know, sort of washed the hands, hygiene and all that. And then I went outside and uh, I waited for him outside. And then he came out and he said, oh, look, best of luck tonight, Mr. Campbell. Oh, thanks very much. And that was it. It kind of worried me there for a second. You're like, I waited for him outside. I know. Well, what, I waited for him in the cinema. <laughs> you know, there's no other way of putting it. Dragged him down the lane. Um, yeah, it was nothing like that. But yeah. he, was he pleasant? Was he nice to you? He's very nice. Yeah, you didn't mm. know. You didn't understand what he said first of all. So I had to repeat myself, which is a bit embarrassing. But uh, he said, "Oh, thanks very much." That was it. Yeah. Did you not get his autograph? No, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I, I yeah, I didn't. I was probably quite aware of, of who he was back then, where he came from. I didn't know his history or anything. Or yeah, that he would go on to do Casino Royale or whatever, but um, and I didn't like Golden Golden Eye anyway. So, so I, I don't want to be completely insincere and say, oh, I thought he was brilliant, but um, yeah, that's my Martin Campbell story. Mm-hmm. You need to get a young fella, you know, just yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I was only twenty years old. Yeah, that's all. Mm. One of twenty, um, and uh, yeah, Pierce Brosnan. You didn't get near him, no. Yeah, no. We we went to the after dinner thing, which was in a it was in a it was in a gym. It was in like a sports. It was in it. It was basically a what would you call it? A health gym, something, and uh, just sitting around tables and and he was there in the distance and. People were going over looking for autographs, and there was a couple of uh, miners there who were kind of stopping people. And, and I tried to go over, and your man said, "No, no, he's not seeing anyone or whatever." So that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe that's what soured me too. Now that I think of it, maybe that, maybe the whole thing around it probably disappointed me. And I said, "No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy into this." I'm not having that. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Maybe yeah. Looking back now, maybe that was the underlying hatred for uh, the Brazilian air. But what? Um, what um, are any of his films good? His Bond films. <laughs> um, usually the credits are quite good at the end, but um, 
Well, the world is not enough. Is probably his best Bond movie. Right. That's that's a, that's a it's a decent enough. It's still trashy nineties disposable, but it's 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 probably most even. And there's a bit of an attempt at telling the story in it, unlike the other films he's done. So uh, yeah, that's his best. I have to say. I think I saw that one. Is that the one with um? Oh, go on. Somebody, somebody, some media tycoon or something like that. that no, that's the one before that. Yeah, okay. that's tomorrow never dies. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's no good, no. No, that's it's trash. It's oddly enough, I kind of look back on it now to go, ah, it's rubbish, but it's kind of some of it's a bit enjoyable. But I don't know, you really have to just take your brain out. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that always anger me about people. When I'd be given out about the latest Bond movie, like the Brosnan one, and people would go, Oh, it's a Bond movie, don't take it too seriously. And I go, No. And I'd really get proper angry. Like, I say, You know, don't be, you know, they, they do have standards just because they're action adventure escapism. It doesn't matter. You still have to have standards within that genre, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Would you agree? Would you agree? Yeah. I do. 100%. You can't just, uh, can't look down on it yet. It takes skill to make. That's it. Silly stuff. You, know, you think of a comedy or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I was just about to say it. You see that the way you compliment each other. You see. Mm. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I I would say. But you got there before. Me. No, man, when I was a young man in high school, you believe it or not, I wanted to play football for the coach. And all those older guys, they said that he was mean and cruel, but you know, I want to play football for the coach. They said I was a little too lightweight to play linebacker, so I'm playing right in. I want to play football for the coach Cause you know someday man you gotta stand up straight unless you're gonna fall Then you're gonna to die And the straightest dude I ever knew was standing right by me all the time So I had to play football for the coach Hate 
just about everything But remember the princess who lived on the hill Who loved you even though she knew you was wrong Just might come shining through And the glory of love Glory of love Glory of love Just might come through That the city is a funny place Something like a circus or a sewer And just remember different people have peculiar tastes Baby, now 
Lou and Rachel. All the kids. And he has 192. Man, I swear I'd give the whole thing up for you.